Welcome to this week's episode of Mount Ararat Podcast. Please subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out. Just click that red subscribe button, log in, and give us your support. Click the bell if you want notifications anytime we upload anything here on the channel. And if you would, share the videos on Reddit, on Facebook, on Twitter. Help get the word out, not about me, but about Pro Wrestling Noah. Wrestling done right. I thank you for your support. Now let's get to the desk and start this week's show. Okay, guys, here we are. I still have a little bit of this cold or allergies hanging on, but I'm going to try to go ahead and get this stuff recorded for you. We're jumping into Mount Ararat podcast episode 17 with your host of the NOAA Network, Adam Lavelle from WrestlingDoneRight.com. And we're jumping into it by recapping, reviewing uh, Sunny Voyage 2022 from Sunday, June 5th in Nagata. This was a small show, not a huge crowd. Uh, no one ever draws huge crowds or seldomly draws huge crowds. That's because, as I've said before, too many wrestling fans out there today just don't like straight up wrestling. You know, if you don't have a bunch of gaga and goofiness on your show, it's difficult to draw today's wrestling fan. I apologize for drinking. I have watched shows on here. I've watched channels, uh, very, very successful ones, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, where the host drinks, takes drinks during the show, oftentimes through a straw, and it annoys me. And I, I don't want to be a YouTuber that annoys those who watch him. But being that I'm trying to overcome these allergies, this cold that I have, and it has to be a cold because cold medicine is what's been working best for me. Tylenol, severe cold and flu... Uh, Claritin and such wasn't doing anything for me, uh, but I still do have some sinus issues, so bear with me. Called off work tonight, uh, Friday night, so I'll be working an extra day this week, making everything I'm doing here on the NOAA Network even more difficult to get done because I work 12-hour days, and that's no joke. Um, but we're going to jump into this show from June 5th here, talking about the results and giving you my thoughts and review on the whole thing like we typically do here. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get to it. We're talking about match number one from June 5th was Hal versus Kai Fujimura. This went less than 10 minutes, but it was your typical opening match. Now, Kai Fujimura is the young guy here. Hal is much more experienced, and that's how this match went. Uh, but as is frequently the case, Kai Fujimura took Hal to the limits. Just wrestled his best as he always does and it just wasn't enough here how gets the win with a boston crab just like you see a lot of times these young lions these young guys these young boys if you will again i'm not a big fan of young boy they just aren't boys if there's if there's any men in the world it's those who go through the noah dojo uh but they get the boston how gets the boston crab on kai fujimura and gets the win so good opening match nothing super special about it but it was solid and well worked and again showed us the fighting spirit of kai fujimura as he continues to try to climb the ladder but comes up short here against how the second match was a pretty quick one. It was just under seven minutes long. It saw Rene Dupree defeating Kenya Okada by submission. Uh, but it, once again, just like the match before, Kenya Okada gave all that he could. Rene Dupree has him, you know, 
by experience by a mile. Renee Dupree, a former WWE Tag Team Champion, world-traveled wrestler, and just much bigger. Kenya Okada is no small man by any means, but Renee Dupree towered over him in, in height and width and strength and wore him down and won another good matchup. Nothing special again, but very solid, very enjoyable, absolutely worth watching in my opinion. Next up was Paris Demal, the returning Paris Demal de Japon, uh, Nosawa, uh, teaming with Kotoro Suzuki to take on Stingers, uh, Sieki, Yoshioka, and Yuyu, Yuya Susumu. Again, I get tongue-tied a lot of times when I say Yuya Susumu, it's, <laughs> it's a lot to put together in one string, for me anyway, my tongue. And at the beginning of this, um, Ogawa came out and just violently attacked Nosawa on the way to the ring before the match started. Beat him down. I believe he likely hit him with a title belt, one of the Dragon Gate, Open the Triangle Gate championships. Where are those title mouthfuls? Open the Triangle Gate. OTG? I think I should start calling them that. It's a, the OTG championships. I don't think anybody else does, but I just think Open the Triangle Gate is a ridiculous title. But I understand that's all their titles. Open the this gate, open the that gate. I get it. I understand it. Just not a big fan of it. Uh, but anyhow, Ogwa just beat Nosawa down on his way to the ring, bloodied him, bludgeoned him. It looked like a murder scene. It was bad. That left Kotoro Suzuki pretty much alone to be beaten up by Yoshioka and Susumu. And that's what happened here. This match was ridiculously short, about three minutes long. I enjoyed it, though. I mean, watching Paros Demal gets what, get what's coming to them is always enjoyable. I'm a fan of Yoshioka and Susumu, even though we're going to talk about why that's kind of disappointing as recently. And so it was fun watching them beat Kotoro Suzuki up and watching... Katoro Suzuki get taken out with the buzzsaw kick from Yoshioka and go down here. Stinger stands tall. But again, it was pretty much because Ogawa came out and took out Nosawa as they came to the ring. Uh, still, entertaining match for what it was. Next up, we had the Noah Jr. regulars. Uh, Katoge, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro took on the Congo Juniors, Tarasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hiruki. Uh, excellent matchup, just short of 15 minutes long. I do feel like the Congo Juniors are missing something. They lose here. Um, Katogi defeats Hiruki with his um, kill switch. Um, again, about the, just shy of the 15-minute mark. I don't know what's going on with the Congo Juniors. I have not been impressed with them as of late. I am a Congo guy. Anyone who knows me at all knows that I'm a big fan of that of that group, of that faction, of that unit, if you will. But they're missing something. Hiruki has been on a downside. He's won a match or two since losing to Hal, having to shave his head and having to go back to his Hiruki name instead of being Niho. But I just think the spirit has been beaten out of this guy. He doesn't have... He's missing something, and that's, I think, the whole entire group. I mean, look, this is a good group. I mean, there is no doubt about it that Tadasuke, Ohara, and Hairuki are excellent wrestlers. They're an excellent three-person pairing in the junior division, and that's taking nothing away from Kotogi, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro. I mean, these NOAA junior regulars live, eat, and sleep together. I mean, in the dojo, they, they, they're constantly together. They work out continually. They know each other extremely well, like brothers. And I'm sure 
Tadasuke Oharo and Hiroki do as well, at least on some level. But there's just something, a spirit. There's something, maybe Kano needs to take them into the wilderness, to the waterfalls, to the places like that, and get them more solidly together. I don't know. But I was disappointed in the results of this match, but it was good along the way. Just that the team, I think, needs to get more wins, just isn't getting that done. And they lose here, and the Congo Juniors go down. Next up, we had Stinger, Simon Gotch, Hayata, and Yoshiniri Ogawa. So here's Ogawa again. Taking on Kaito Kiyomiya and the Noah Junior regulars, Daisuke Harada and Yohei. Uh, I really like this match. I mean, this match was back and forth, fun action. I mean, intense fighting between two groups that, I mean, Kaito Kiyomiya, you can drop this kid anywhere anywhere and he instantly gels with anyone he's teaming with i mean with he'd be dropped in there with harada and yohei and they look like a well-oiled machine of course gotch hayata and ogawa were the violent masters that they always are i love stinger stinger has risen up i mean just right under congo and the segura army which i've become a big fan of as well especially when we learn who they've recently added to their group unbelievable stuff there um but this match got thrown out at just shy of the 20-minute mark because here comes Nosawa to get his revenge on Ogawa, and it just turns into a giant brawl between Paris de Mall uh, and the two teams that are already fighting each other. Now, I understand why that happened. Of course, um, Nosawa was going to come out for his revenge after he got the shit beat out of him, but it didn't do him much good here because they beat him up again. Here, the, the Paris de Mall guys come out, and they really got six guys against them. Because, you know, it's not like Paris de Mall is going to recruit any one of these two teams to their side to take on the other one. And that didn't happen here. So it was almost foolish for Nasawa to do this. But he doesn't always use his brain. He uses his emotions. And unfortunately, what could have been maybe the match of the night is thrown out. Next up, we had Michael Elgin and Masakitamiya, the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, teaming with Yoshiki Inamura. To take on Congo, I mean, the best of the best in Congo. We're talking about Keno, uh, Katsuhiku Nakajima, and Manabu Soya. Now, I have ragged on Manabu Soya a lot lately, and I, I think justifiably so. This guy needs to be taken out in the wilderness with the, to the waterfalls and the places that Keno goes to gain his inspiration and drive along with the Noah Jr. regulars, because he's just off. Here he had a good match, but it didn't really matter how he wrestled. This was about the continual return of Katsuhiku Nakajima, who has become more violent, more edgy, and a little bit crazy along the way here as he returns from his loss of the GHC Heavyweight Championship to Fujita. Uh, he continues to climb back up the ladder, seeming angrier, seeming moodier, seeming darker. And he gets the win here when he just kicks the living hell out of Yoshiki Inamura nonstop. This was a, almost a 20-minute match, around 19-minute mark. Um, and everybody looked good. You, know, you guys know I'm a fan of Elgin and Kitamiya. I love them as the tag team champions. You know I think Inamura is the first big star that's going to rise out of his group of young guys. And, of course, you guys know, again, I'm the big Congo guy. So, along the way, this match was wonderful, but it did absolutely tell the story of Nakajima's continuing to rise ever since his loss to Vegeta. And I'm, I'm real excited to see that, and hopefully we continue to see that, and we'll have to see what happens. 
And finally, the main event. Now, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys, and some of you are not going to like this. Some of you are going to roll your eyes or be like, here he goes again. But look, I'm honest. Okay, there's one thing you're always going to get from me, Adam Lavelle, always, is total and complete honesty uh, in regard to my feelings and thoughts on things, whether those, whether that honesty is popular or not. I'm not here to be popular. I mean, if I, I be, get more subscribers and, and, and become a bigger deal in the IWC, wonderful. That's wonderful. But at 52 years old, I don't really care. Okay, I have a nice full-time job that pays me well, and I do this for fun. I do this because I love pro wrestling. No, I would not deck myself out from head to toe in pro wrestling Noah gear if I did not love this company, and that's why I do this. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to love everything they do. That doesn't mean, oh, the four pillars did this. I don't care. You know, I respect the hell out of the four pillars, but, oh, Miss Owahi, he used to wrestle like that. I don't care. You know, yes, I think he was one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Of course he was. Yes, I respect him. Yes, I'm a fan. But that doesn't, I'm not a sycophant, okay? I'm not completely dedicated to any one thing except maybe pure professional wrestling. If you could give me a company that did the Ring of Honor style pure wrestling in every match, then I would probably be a sycophant for that because I just don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that ever in any way, shape, or form. But we're never going to get that. So no is about as close as we get. It just is, and that's why I'm a fan of Noah. Pro Wrestling Noah is about as close as we're ever going to get to pure professional wrestling in just about every match. Just about. Just about. I didn't say every. Okay? What I'm getting tired of, and not because these wrestlers are great, and not because the matches are bad, but there have been so many of these pre-matches for Goji Ozaki, you know, taking on Satoshi Kojima, that I'm almost tired of them. They're very, very similar. The matches are, this one was Goji Ozaki, Takashi Segura, and Shuhei Tanaguchi, taking on Satoshi Kojima, Muhammad Yone, and Daiki Inaba. Again, this has been a mix of wrestlers in these pre-matches, in these multi-man tag matches, and they're all great wrestlers, and the matches have been absolutely fine, but they're paint-by-number matches, pretty much. They're all very, very similar, just with different wrestlers, and it's we're almost done. You know, the, the main event's going to be tomorrow night. I'm recording this on um, early Saturday morning here, just after midnight. Um, and we are going to cover that main event on the next Mount Ararat podcast. We are going to cover the Kojima versus Shiozaki match. It's the only match we're going to cover. And I've talked about that in my last video where I told you the Mount Ararat podcast was running a little late because of my illness. Um but that's the only match we're going to cover unless something earth-shattering happens in one of those other matches. Then we'll be forced to talk about that. I'll probably go over the results real quick. Something like that, if even that. I just have no interest in DDT. But anyhow, this 22-minute, almost 23-minute match was your typical match. These pre-show matches have been good. Very good. I mean, you got Yone in there with his former partner, Taniguchi, King Tani, if you will. Takashi Segura, one of the best wrestlers in the world, you know, getting his shots in at Satoshi Kojima and Daiki Inaba. Goji Ozaki versus um, his upcoming opponent, uh, Kojima, was excellent. Nothing wrong with this. I'm just getting a little tired of the pre-show matches. I'm ready for the main event. I'm ready to move along from these main event, multi-man tag team matches, no matter how good the wrestlers in them are. A little stuffy still. Bear with me. 
Um, but Giozaki actually pinned Muhammad Yone here after his going lariat. Um, that's what this match is going to be, meaning the main event of Sunday night's Cyberfest show. Um, Giozaki, Kojima is the battle of the lariats. I like that. Two big men um, just looking to beat the hell out of each other, seeing whose lariat inherited from the blessings of Stan Hansen is going to win the show. Um, this is a very good show. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Um, that's a low rating for me. That's just because there was nothing earth-shattering on this show. Nothing happened except the teasing, the seeming teasing of um, the break, not the, not the total breakup of Stinger, but the fact that, um, oh, one of the Stinger members, and this is the, We got the teasing of Saeki Yoshioka leaving Stinger. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the tension's supposed to be. Maybe that's because I don't speak Japanese. Maybe it's because I read, need to read Hisami's backstage interview interpretations. But Yoshioka is teasing, seemingly wanting out of Stinger. And I can't begin to understand why. Because he and Susumu are an excellent junior tag team. And the fact that he wants to leave makes no sense to me, but I'll have to do my due diligence, see if I can figure out why. But again, I'd give this show an 8 out of 10 just because it was a simple show. Probably why it was recorded days before it was put out on Wrestle Universe. They put um, two other shows out before this, but I'm giving you this review first because this was the first actual show of the three. Uh, still worth watching if you're a fan of solid professional wrestling. The one match was thrown out after almost 20 minutes. You know, I could do, if you're going to have a match thrown out, I could do with it being shorter than 20 minutes. Okay, it doesn't have to be 5, 10, 12 minutes would be fine. Giving me a very solid match that goes almost 20 minutes before it's thrown out due to interference. A little bit annoying, a little bit frustrating, not the end of the world. Uh, but overall, a good, decent warm-up show going into the next two, which we'll get to next the next review that we're going to talk about pro wrestling noah uh, star navigation 2022 from korak and hall on june 7th much bigger show than the june 5th show much bigger things happening let's get into discussing those things now this match this show kicked off with alejandro versus hajime ohara this is interesting alejandro left the congo unit to join the NOAA Junior Regulars. And a few weeks to a month or two after that, Hajime Ohara left the NOAA Junior Regulars to join Congo. So these two basically flipped spots in, on the roster. They, they, they flipped, switched alliances, making this somewhat of a grudge match. And this is an interesting match, a very good match. It was a high flyer Alejandro versus the grounded, the more grounded wrestler in Hajime Ohara. Alejandro dominated this for a while with his fast, high-flying moves, but as soon as O'Hara caught him, as soon as O'Hara was able to bring Alejandro down to slow him down with his backbreakers, the match was pretty much over. It was it was a good match, solid match, just shy of eight minutes long, but Hajime O'Hara really turned this up and looked to be on a mission to me. I mentioned in the review of the last show 
that the Noah Jr. regulars as a unit, as a whole, when they wrestled together, haven't been looking great as of late. But here, O'Hara looks spectacular. He looked like the O'Hara of old. For those of you that don't know, O'Hara used to be a much bigger deal. I don't know what's happened. He's still as good of a wrestler as he's ever been. But I'm talking back in 2017, 2018, Hajime O'Hara was, if not the ace of the junior division, he was arguably pretty darn close to that. Um, I'm hoping that's why he joined Congo, that he wanted to be utilized better. And here in this singles match, he absolutely was. Alejandro put up a hell of a fight and could have won this match. O'Hara won it wholeheartedly, and I think he's starting to stand out. And I'm hoping... He's going to rise to prominence once again. I'm a fan of Hajime O'Hara. The second match of the night was the Funky Express, still in existence because Akatoshi Saito has chosen to stay uh, aligned with Muhammad Yone after uh, King Tane decides to leave the Funky Express and become once again Shuhei Tanaguchi. And he teamed up here with Kai Fujimura to take on his former alliance, the Funky Express. Now, I thought Akatoshi Saito looked incredible here. Now, that's not me saying he, he ever looks bad, per se. But look, Akatoshi Saito is on the backside of his career. There, there's no doubting that. No matter what, there's just no doubting that. But in this match, especially against the young guy, Kai Fujimura, he looked damn good. And against... Shuhei Taniguchi, I thought he did damn good as well. Look, it's no secret that Muhammad Yone is a beast. There's no secret that Muhammad Yone is one of the toughest son of a bitches in this organization. And if he would come out of the Funky Express the way Shuhei Taniguchi, I think if Muhammad Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi ditched the Funky Express gimmick and decided just to be badasses, they'd be one hell of a team. Uh, Shuhei Taniguchi seems kind of aimless. I mean, he looks good. He's definitely gone back to his badass persona, and I like and appreciate that. But he's sort of lost here, teaming with random people, including Kai Fujimura here, who once again did a hell of a job. But Akitushi Saito was just better. I mean, his stalling suplex is one of the best in the business. It's up there with Davey Boy Smith's. Remember when he used to hold a guy up and just, you know, 30, 40, 50 seconds? Michael Elkin can also do that. Um... And for being an older gentleman, Akatushi Saito looked damn good here. He gets the win after beating the living hell out of uh, Kai Fujimura here. Uh, a pretty good matchup, interesting matchup, watching Saito looking pretty badass. The third match was Hayata teaming with Daiki Inaba, which is an interesting tag team, to take on Yohei and Kenya Okada. Now, Hayata, I think, has evolved into the best version of himself, but so has Yohei. Yohei, after being beaten by Paris de Mall and degraded by them for weeks on end, has really seemed to have taken that as a lesson. He really seems to have stepped his game up in a major way and showed us who he really is, which is an excellent professional wrestler. But he's hooked up with a young guy here, facing two solid veterans, veterans in Hayata and Inaba. And of course, that's not going to help uh, Yohei out a whole lot here. Of course it isn't, as Hayata wins this match with his crossfix move on Kenya Okada, uh, just shy of the 10-minute mark. But I liked Inaba and Hayata together. I, I think Inaba has a dark side. I do. I've seen flashes of it when he's facing guys like Fujimura. I really see some great 
promise as a, as a dark kind of wrestler. Not necessarily heel, because, hey, what the hell is Hayata? Is he a heel? Um, not necessarily. He can sometimes wrestle like one, but not 100%. That's Stinger. They're, they're sort of like some some mid... Now, not their tap. Don't take that as the modern mid talk like somebody's just... That's not what I'm talking about. But some, some middle-of-the-road, back-and-forth, babyface, heel shit out of this whole entire faction. And I think if Daiki Inaba could be won over to wrestling sort of darker, sort of like Hayata does, he'd be a much bigger deal. And you saw flashes, more flashes of that here in this matchup. But it was Hayata who gets the win over, of course, Okada. But the 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 best part of this was watching Hayata and Yohei face off. They have worked together as a team for multiple years. They have worked against each other more than once. If we eventually build to a Hayata versus Yohei match for the junior heavyweight title, it's going to be a big deal based on what we saw here because both of these guys have evolved to being the best they've ever been at this point. And I'm curious to see if that's what we get coming up. The fourth match of the night was Asushi Katogi teaming with Extreme Tiger. Now, a lot of times we've seen Extreme Tiger teaming with Yohei and even talks of them maybe challenging for the junior tag titles. But here, it was Katoge, um, not teaming, but rather facing Extreme Tiger. And this match was only seven minutes long. It is the weakest I have seen in the Extreme Tiger look. Now, it doesn't, didn't look bad. This was a good match for what it was. I thought it was short. And I'm a fan of short matches, guys. I've expressed that before. 10 matches, 10 minute matches are fine with me. 20 minute matches are the absolute limit for anything that's not a major title fight. And so the time limit I don't really have a problem with, but Extreme Tiger losing to Katogi that quickly really knocked him down a peg or two in my book. I have no problem with Katogi winning this matchup. I'm not saying Extreme Tiger absolutely had to win this. No, of course not. But I just felt Extreme Tiger looked the weakest he's ever looked here. I, I, Katogi had his number. The match came across that way. Then Katogi gets a big win, in my opinion. Next up, match five was the Noah Jr. regulars, Daisuke Harada and Hal, taking on two of the Congo Juniors, this being Tadasuke and Hairuki. Good solid matchup, just over 10 minutes long, about 12 minutes long, until... Tadasuke gets something up his butt, and he just pushes the ref around and gets himself disqualified. Uh, this, to me, shows you what I said earlier, and that is the Noah Jr. regulars are suffering in some level, especially when they work together as a unit. There's something that isn't right. There's something that isn't clicking, and here they let their anger get the best of them, best of them or Tadasuke did, and just had the match thrown out, giving the win to Harada and how I really think Keno, the leader of Congo, needs to get his junior heavyweights together and figure out what their problem is because they are absolutely suffering from something. And this show was this match was another symptom of that. Absolutely. The sixth match was a singles match. Hey, I just said I was a little tired of these multi-man matches with Kojima versus Shiozaki. Team, team four versus four, five versus five, three versus three. I get excellent wrestlers. Nothing wrong with the matches. I was personally just getting slightly tired of them. So how exciting, I mean absolutely exciting for me, to see a singles match with Satoshi Kojima taking on Manabu Soya. Um, even though it wasn't a hell of a match, because Manabu Soya can't win a big singles match. And of course he's not going to beat the guy who's going for the GHC Heavyweight Championship here tomorrow on Sunday. Of course he's not. But this match was under 10 minutes long. Again, a fan of short matches. 
But I and I knew going in who was winning this match. I knew Kojima was winning this. I have no problem with Kojima winning this. He has to win this. But Manabu Soya, I didn't think even looked mildly impressive here. Again, Congo guys are the best in my book. But something's wrong. Manabu Soya just can't buy a win. The Noah, the Noah, or the Congo Juniors working together can't buy a win as a unit. I really think, look, Keno, Nakajima, you guys need to get together and whip your guys into shape. Uh, good match, just because I really wanted to see Kojima in a singles match. He gets the win with his lariat, but not a super exciting match. Just because Manabu Soya, man. Manabu Soya is just something needs to, to inspire that man. Something does. Next up was an open, the Triangle Gate, the OTT Championship. From Dragon Gate, where Stinger, uh, being Ogawa, Susumu, and Yoshioka, took on the champions, Paris Damal, uh, being Nosawa, Kotaro Suzuki, and Eita. And this was a very good match. Now, again, not very long, right around 12 minutes. And I was shocked beyond belief when Stinger won these titles. I mean, Ogawa, Susumu, and Yoshioka win the OTT championships that opened the triangle gate six man championships in a violent brawl fight match that these two squadrons, these two units are always going to have when they face off. They're always giant brawls, big fights outside the ring, back and forth. There's some solid wrestling that goes on as well, but for the most part, it's just a big fight. And that's what this was. And saw Stinger come out on top. Now, knowing nothing or very, very little about Dragon Gate, I'm talking way back in the day when Gabe Sapolsky of Evolve, that doesn't even exist anymore, um, would have or would have uh, Dragon Gate USA matches, which it was basically Evolve matches with some Japanese guest stars, okay, from Dragon Gate. But they were good. I enjoyed those matches. Um, they have, I don't remember the last time that happened. It was many years ago, 2015? I, I don't know. I don't have a steel trap for date mines. I, I just don't. I don't remember dates at all. That's why when I was in history class... I hated a lot of it. I liked the, the stories of history. I liked learning about what happened in history. But when it came to remembering dates, I, I was terrible. And I'm still terrible at that. But um, I have learned that these titles, these OTT titles, that I'm that's my name because I don't want to constantly say open the triangle gate. Um, these OTT titles have never been su successfully defended. Seems like a gimmick to me. It is a gimmick. Like it or not, that's a gimmick. The gimmick of these titles is that nobody can successfully defend them. I, I'm not a fan of that gimmick. That tells me that Stinger's probably going to lose them the first time they defend them. I, I don't love that gimmick. I just don't. This was a solid matchup. It was a typical matchup between Stinger and Paris Demol. So you either like those style of matches or you don't. I, I like them because they really feel personal. They, they, these two units really make you feel like they hate each other. And that's rare in today's wrestling. So I enjoyed this, but I'm not a big fan of these titles. I'm not a big fan, even though Noah isn't strict on the tag team rules. I'm not a big fan of Lucha tag team rules. Meaning if your partner, the part, the legal man in the ring leaves the ring. Now, whoever's in the ring is the legal guy. I, I think professional wrestling rules should always be followed. And I, I don't think they're there to be modified or messed with. 
That, that's just my opinion. And that takes away from these title belts as well. And if Noah ever decides to get their own GHC six-man titles, I hope they don't have these Lucha rolls. But this match wasn't bad for what it was, and a big, huge, shocking ending when Stinger wins the OTT titles. The eighth match, and boy, this was a long card, guys. Good card. Pro Wrestling knows great, but this was a long card, nine matches. The ninth match of the night was Congo taking on, consisting of Katsuhiko Nakajima, Funaki, and Keno taking on Mochizuki, Tanaka, and Simon Gotch. This was a hell of a bout, a hell of a fight. Now I'm going to be honest with you, when you got when you got Keno, Nakajima, and Funaki on a team, I don't care who they're facing. They're facing three excellent professional wrestlers, but I thought they had this in the bag. I, I mean, I knew it would be a good match. I knew it would be a solid match, but never did I suspect it would be quite as good as it was. We got Simon Gotch and Keno, who just seemed to love to fight each other, and they suit each other, and now with Gotch pretty much being an official part of Stinger, that just increases their rivalry. Um, Keno is impressed, always has somewhat of a look of shock on his face that Simon Gotch is as good as he is, but he's pretty damn good, and Keno gets alerted to that every time they face off. They took turns during the move where they had each other in a headlock or a grounded move, and they reached back and grabbed their own foot and brought it up and smacked the other one in the head with it over and over. Now, that's Simon Gotch invention for the most part. Someone's probably done it somewhere, but... Here, Kano decided to do it back to him several times, and that's always entertaining. Funaki versus Gotch is good. Funaki's already beaten Gotch, so we know that he has him under control for the most part. But this match was, much, like I said, much more even than I suspected it would be. And again, I didn't expect my Congo guys to come in here and crush the two members of the M's Alliance teaming with Simon Gotch. But I thought they would control it. I thought they would have this one by the end. But in the end, that isn't what happened. While... Again, we spoke of the rise of Nakajima, and he looked great here with his kicks and his chops and his suplexes for, for an amazing reason. And I, I don't want to make it sound like the man isn't great, because I know that he is, but for some incredible reason, it, this match was pretty much controlled by Tanaka the former ECW world champion. He came in here and looked like a million bucks. Now, Funaki came in the ring against him and got him under control. I mean, Tanaka was tearing this match up. He wasn't killing Keno and Nakajima by any means, but he was standing up to them pretty, pretty solidly, taking their offense and continuing to go. It was an impressive stuff. But let me tell you, Whenever Funaki came in and got control of Tanaka and took him to the mat and using the joint manipulations the way that he does. But yet, it was Tanaka who rolled Funaki on his back while in an armbar and pinned him one, two, three. The shock value of that was enough to make me almost have to pause this and take a rest. I mean, don't again, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, he is the new 0-1 champion, Tanaka. I know that. He, like I said, he's the former ECW world champion. He is an amazing professional wrestler, tough as an old piece of leather left out in the, in the wilderness for 100 years. I mean, he is just tough as hell. But for him to pin the mighty Funaki, now what I believe happened was Funaki never imagined that anyone would be able to withstand one of his joint manipulations, like an arm bar or a knee bar, this being an arm bar. To, for three seconds, for enough, for enough, for him, 
the perpetrator, the person holding the arm bar, to get pinned. He's, he's used to guys, once being locked in a hold, fighting and wrestling and doing all they can to get to the rope so that hold can be break, broken. And when they don't do that, he's expecting a tap out at any second. That's typically what happens. But here, Tanaka didn't allow that to happen. He gritted his teeth, bore the pain until he pinned Funaki, one, two, three, with Funaki holding onto that arm bar and then being shocked that this happened. After this match, this allowed Tanaka to then challenge Funaki to become the next challenger, who saw this coming, for the GHC national title. I mean, am I seeing things correctly here? Yes. Tanaka, now the new challenger for the GHC national title. Funaki gladly shaking his hand and accepting that. Now, I'm going to have something to say to that soon. Especially when we start predicting future matches. And again, it's not bashing Tanaka, but Funaki's the man. I just, I couldn't believe this. I could not believe this. But I believe he will get through this challenge. We'll talk about that in the previews coming up because I believe I also know who Funaki's next big challenger is. And you'll see who that is as we cover the next match. Finally, the main event of this show. So another preview matchup. Goji Ozaki teaming with Kaito Kiyomiya, Michael Elgin, Masa Kitamiya, and Yoshiki Inamura took on the Segura Army. And the Segura Army consisted of Takashi Segura, Hideki Suzuki, Rene Dupree, Alhijo del Dr. Wagner Jr., and X. X being a secret mystery partner. And boy, was your guy, yours truly, Adam Lavelle, excited when the mystery partner was revealed to be Timothy Thatcher. One of the best pure, one of the best solid, one of the best catches catch can professional wrestlers in the world. Up there with any other big star, skill-wise, as you could be. Like some people wanted this to be Cesaro. To me, this is every bit as good of a grab as Cesaro. I thought it might have been RVD because he's coming over, right? He's going to come over for Cyberfest, so I thought maybe they'd just slot him in there, give him a warm-up match in this ridiculous, uh, great wrestlers, but ridiculous five-on-five. Five. Now, the five-on-five five typically annoys me. It's too many guys. Sometimes I've seen five-on-five five matches where the cameramen have a difficult getting good shots because you got to see around nine guys or eight guys standing on the ring apron while two are in there fighting. It's like, sometimes it's just a cluster. I got over that just because of the involvement of Timothy Thatcher. Let me tell you, the guy jeans, the foreigners that Noah have brought in are top of the line, baby. I mean, one of them all, all, already grabbed a championship. Michael Elgin teaming with Masakitamiya are already He's already a champion. And I think more of them, there's no doubt in my mind, Timothy Thatcher is won't take long to win a GHC championship. I really don't think he, he will. And wow, has the Segura Army upped itself. I mean, the members of the Segura Army now take out the silly, the ridiculous, the goofball Kendo Cashin. You've got the guys here who are left in this, Takashi Segura, Hideki Suzuki, Rene Dupree, uh, El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr., Timothy Thatcher. Oh, my God. I mean, what a hell of a team. I mean, 
it can be argued that you, that's the greatest unit in NOAA. And they're talking about a guy who loves Congo, a guy who loves Stinger. How can you not look at this team, at the Segura Army? Again, other than the goof, Kendo Cashin, they have got an amazing representation here. And they win this matchup with an incredible Fuji, Fujiwara armbar uh, on Inamura by Thatcher. Gets the win for his team after a 22-minute, almost 23-minute matchup, which was interesting, which was fun. But again, five-on-five five isn't my jive, isn't my jam. Love all these guys. Love all these wrestlers. They put on a terrific performance. That's just too many guys. It's just five-on-five is ridiculous. But it didn't bother me just because my infatuation in this matchup with Timothy Thatcher. I was in the crowd of a combat zone wrestling show Way back when, again, I'm not going to remember the date. It's probably seven, eight years ago, maybe longer. Timothy Thatcher made his American debut at this show. I think it was um, Combat Zone Wrestling, Best of the Best Show. That's why I went. Of course, why would you be at a Combat Zone Wrestling show if you don't like junk wrestling, Adam? Well, because once a year, Combat Zone would put on a show that was pretty solid wrestling, best of the best tournament. And the winner got a giant trophy. I always loved that. You know, I really, I think the winner that year was, um, I can't even think of his name right now. He's a politician in Florida. And I'm friends with him on Facebook. Um, and I respect the hell out of the guy as a human being and as a wrestler. But um, he won. He's a, he was a referee in NXT. He got fired because he didn't want to take a COVID shot. Um, he won it that year. Drake, right? Drake something. Doesn't matter. But I was at that show for that reason, because the best of the best tournament was very, very solid. Timothy Thatcher, I don't think he was in the tournament. He worked a singles match there, uh, won the matchup. He was booed out of the building because the CZW crowd don't like catches catch can wrestling. They just they don't want to see that. And he's gone on, I, in my opinion, to become a star, big WWE guy. Not big, didn't do, do anything major there. That's because WWE don't like catches, catch, can wrestling, really. Not re I mean, they've got Gunther, what a name, um, which is great. And they've got Matt Riddle, who the, they've turned into a little bit of a goof. Um, but he was booed out of the building there. He's gone on to do bigger things. I think Timothy Thatcher is, is perfect for pro wrestling, Noah. Excited to see him there. Thrilled to see that he got this win. This was a very good show. Excellent show. 9.5 out of 10. Um, just, I don't want to get every, every show a 10. That's why I'm giving it a 9.5. Must see show. Great stuff. All right, guys. We are going to review uh, Noah Star Navigation 2022 from Korak and Hall. That happened Wednesday, June 8th. This is our final review before we get into a couple of previews. I did take my glasses off, if I'm sure you've noticed. Um, they do help me, especially when I have a cold or allergies like I have now. But I also, they get ridiculous glare from my overhead light, from my ring light, from my computer screens. And it's just reflections of everything. And they probably were distracting, and if so, I apologize. Um, but again, this was the June 8th show. Let's jump right into that. And here we go. The Segura Army, Kazuyuki Fujita and Hideki Suzuki, took on Yoshiki Inamura and Kenya Okada. Now, let me tell you something. Fujita and Suzuki is a hell of a team. I mean, good Lord. Uh, to face two young guys like Inamura and Okada. But I loved it. 
I loved this match. I mean, it was almost 12 minutes long. The young guys really took everything Fujita and Suzuki had. I mean, Inamura and Okada not only took it, they fought back valiantly. There were times where Okada took down Kazuyuki Fujita. And there were times where Inamura was knocking Hideki Suzuki around the ring. This really showed the promise. Now, that's what all these young guy matches are usually about. They're about showing their promise. It is about showing us who they are and what they have. And I have not seen a young guy match accomplish that like this did. And of course, they accomplish it, but not like this did. I like how Fujita is starting at the bottom, trying to build himself back up to the heavyweight championship realm. And if and when he does it, I hope a lot of you stooges out there that hate him so much get over your problems with him. You probably won't, but I hope that you do. If he does it, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll stall along the way and won't ever get back to that level. And if that's the case, that's the case. I won't sit here and cry about it. But if he works his ass off the way he has been and gets back to the top, some of you need to get over your issues with him, in my personal opinion. But this was great. I especially love Okada versus Fujita. Okada has no fear. Okada does not fear this guy at all. And this was great stuff. Of course, Fujita and Suzuki win. Of course they do. Um, Suzuki got the Robinson special on Okada and pinned him at a just shy of the 12-minute mark. But this was excellent stuff. I'm not saying this is my favorite match of the night, but it was up there. Definitely worth seeing. Second match was Paris de Mal de Japon, Nosawa, Eita, and Kotoro Suzuki coming off their loss of the OTT titles, taking on the Noah Jr. regulars, Extreme Tiger, Hal, and Alejandro. Now, I thought I still, and I've said this before and nothing's happened and they laughed at people like us who have said this, but I thought I, I saw a little bit of tension, a little bit of differences between and with Kotoro Suzuki and his partners, Nosawa and Eita. There was no fighting. It was nothing blatant, but I, I never believed Kotoro Suzuki fits completely in with Paris de Mal de Japon. And I still don't. And I still think you can see that. I think um, Nosawa and Eita know that Suzuki is the best wrestler of the three. And I, I don't think that's even debatable. And I think they know it. And I think sometimes that leads to some tension. But it wasn't anything obvious. It's nothing. If you're not looking for this, you're not going to see it. Um, but in the end, Kotoro Suzuki gets the win with uh, trauma on Alejandro. So they come away after losing their titles with another big win. So good for them. They got over their grumpiness. They got over their anger and their frustration with having lost those OTT titles and win a good matchup here for sure. Um, next up was Stinger, that being Simon Gotch and Hiata, teaming with Kai Fujimura, taking on the Congo Juniors, Tadasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hairuki. Now, again, to me, this was the story of the emergence of Hajime Ohara, the returning emergence of him. He's emerged numerous times. He's been, like I said before, if not the ace, close to the ace of the junior division. And here he comes out and just battles greatly. I mean, Simon Gotch and Hayata are no joke here. I mean, they're two guys that can just beat the living hell out of anyone. And that's taking nothing away from the young guy, Kai Fujimura. But... Of course, who, who loses here when Hajime Ohara gets the Moya Bean on him and the match ends. He has to tap out. The match ends uh, just shy of the 16-minute mark. Um, Tadasuke and Hiroki look fine. The, these three look better than they have in weeks. They get a big win. Let's give them that because I've been saying that the Congo Juniors 
haven't looked impressive as a unit. Here they absolutely have. And to get a win over two or three of these guys, Gotch and Hayata, two of the biggest badasses in Noah, in my opinion, is a big, huge deal. Surviving them is a big, huge deal. Yes, Stinger had the weakness having to team with a young guy, and that young guy took the loss, Fujimura. Still, I just think the No Junior regulars look better than ever, especially Hajime Ohara, who then challenges for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hayata arrogantly accepts and has been quoted backstage and other places pretty much guaranteeing a win. Pretty much saying that this is nothing. Pretty much saying that, okay, sure, I'll take this fight, but then start looking for my next one because this is a this is a, an assured victory. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much Hayata's attitude here. Hayata has no respect for Hajime Ohara. And for that reason, I would love to see Ohara win this title and put a little humility into Hayata, even though I like Hayata and think he's great and love his new, darker attitude for sure. Next up was a singles match between my boy Timothy Thatcher, and now he's not a Congo guy, but I love Timothy Thatcher, taking on the emerging, the re-emerging again, Shuhei Taniguchi. Now, a lot of fans have been wondering, is the monster, the wild man, the guy who would just do whatever, Shuhei Taniguchi going to come out? He hasn't. He's been pretty respectful. He's been pretty honorable. But the old Shuhei Taniguchi was just a monstrous dude who would do whatever it took to win matches. And we didn't see it here either. We didn't see that emerge, but I think that cost him his match. He, he lost this match due to Fujiwara Armbar at about the seven-minute mark from Timothy Thatcher. Um, many are saying this is the best match Shuhei Tanagachi has wrestled since leaving Funky Express, and I don't know how I could really argue with that. This is a pretty basic catch-as-catch-can style matchup. That's all, and, and Shuhei Tanaguchi is known for his straight-up wrestling when he needs to. He was in... Um, not the professional wrestling organization, All Japan, but he was in the All Japan um, Wrestling Finals, I believe, like the All of Japan. He was really, really great technical wrestler, and you saw that skill here, even though he came out on the short end of the stick. My prediction is something's going to cause Shuhei Tanagachi to snap. He left the Funky Express because he wanted to be more serious and more legit. He hasn't been unsuccessful, but he hasn't been any more successful than he was in Funky Express. Something's going to cause this man to eventually become the monster he used to be. I think that we're working towards that, and we're going to see that eventually, and it's going to be interesting when it happens. The fifth match of the night saw the Segura Army, Takashi Segura, Rene Dupree, and El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. take on Congo, that being Keno, Katsuhiku Nakajima, and Manobu Soya. And much like O'Hara re-emerging, coming forth, returning, coming back from the into the man he used to be, this match continued to tell that story for Katsuhiko Nakajima. For those of us, myself and many of you included, who wanted to see Nakajima back at the top, and he's not there yet, but you wanted to see that climb, that's what you're seeing in these matches. That's what you saw here. I mean, Nakajima gets the win for his team whenever he gets the Rene Dupree up in the vertical spike brain buster and takes him out and wins this match in 13 minutes. I mean, I don't want to say Congo dominated this because, you know, I mean, Segura, Dupree, and Wagner Jr. are amazing. And they wrestled amazing here. But Keno, Nakajima, and Manabu Soya, boy, could he take something from these two guys he's teaming with and learn how to win some matches. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? 
Um, but it gets him some wins in the, it gets him some wins in that column, you know, thank God, because if the man needs anything, it's a couple in the win column and he gets some here. But again, this told the story of a reemerging of a, of a reawakening of Katsuhiko Nakajima just in time for the cyber fight festival as he goes in big time challenging DDT again, not something that yours truly is really interested in seeing because I just don't like DDT. I just don't. I'd rather see Noah work with anybody else. Of course, they're going to work with DDT because CyberFight is the organization that, that owns Wrestle Universe that broadcasts Pro Wrestling Noah Show. So, of course, that's who they're going to work with. I'm not an idiot. I understand. I even understand why there could be a strong argument made in regard to why I should put that kind of stuff over. I don't I don't feel like I'm not telling any any of you to not watch it. Go watch it. Enjoy it. Pay for it. Support them. Buy tickets. Absolutely. I've got to humbly bow out of anything involving DDT. I can't work against my convictions. I can't and my convictions scream that DDT is mostly garbage wrestling. Now for all the you, you know, you're all every one of DDT shows DDT shows has some great wrestling. I'm sure it does. But when you're going to sandwich it or when you're going to put it, you know, look, you can bring me the greatest sandwich that any human being has, has ever created. I'm a big pizza fan. Here's the greatest pizza in the world, guaranteed. 99 out of 100 people, on 99 out of 100 pizza fans promise that this is the greatest pizza that's ever been created. So here you go, Adam. We, we're bringing it to you. We're going to give it to you for free. Fresh, hot, here you go. Only one thing, though. On one or two of the pieces, and we'll even point that it's on these two pieces right here, there's a couple flakes of dog feces. You don't have to eat them. Just leave them there. Because believe it or not, there are some people who like little tiny slivers of dog feces on this amazing pizza. I'm not eating that. No, 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 Adam. The, the dog feces did not touch the rest of it. We promise you. It, it has been especially made to where it guaranteed it. No, it, I don't want anything to do with a pizza that is made by a place that would put dog feces on it. I don't, you could give me a pizza that doesn't have it on it, but, but it was made by the company that, that does that or was cooked in the same oven where that is cooked. Not interested. I find that disgusting. That's not a perfect analogy, but that's why I can't watch and talk about DDT. They do things that to me, you may disagree with this, but to me is the equivalent of putting dog feces, and that is dog shit for those of you who need it dumbed down, on a pizza. Okay? I really don't want to eat anything, touch anything that comes out of a facility, out of a restaurant that would make something like that. I don't care how popular it is. I don't care how much it sells. I don't care how much money you've made off of it. I don't care. I personally don't want anything to do with it. And I know some people are going to say, well, you're watching Noah, that it's on the same network that shows. No, it's not quite the same. It's close. You're close. Damn right. It's close. But because I am so desperate to see great wrestling, great wrestling like Noah is, I will get over that. I will get over the fact that Cyberfight, Cyber Agent, whatever they're called, puts on garbage wrestling on the same network that I watch my beloved pro wrestling Noah 
And I have to compromise there. I don't have to. I'm willing to compromise there. I am. I, I, I understand that. But I just, no, I can't watch that show. But it's coming up, and it's a big deal. And again, it's the reemergence re of Nakajima. And even though I can't watch it, I hope he destroys some DDT guys. I really do. The sixth match of the night here was another defense of the OTTG Open the Triangle Gate Championship, OTTG Championships, where the new champion Stinger, Ogawa, Yoshioka, and Susumu defended against the Noah Jr. regulars, Harada, Katogi, and Yohei. And of course, being that the gimmick of these titles is they're never successfully defended, we have new champions. <laughs> The Noah Jr. regulars, Daisuke Harada, Atushi Katogi, and Yohei. And, and Yohei is elated with this title win. Good for him. He, but I was a little bothered that he's actually acted like this is a bigger deal to him than any Noah title, than any GHC title. Kind of insulting to me. Um, I don't know why. I could guess because Dragon Gate's a bigger name. Dragon Gate draws more fans. I, I don't know. But Yohei's super excited to have this title, even though... It's almost a guarantee that next time they defend them, they'll lose them because that's the gimmick of this title, which completely destroys my interest in them. If, if the gimmick of this title, and it is, there's no if, since the gimmick of this title is they can never be successfully defended, why should I care about them? Why? What incentive do I have to care about a title that you know is never going to be successfully defended? Or if it ever is, it'll be the first time that's ever... Not a big deal. This match was good for what it was. Again, the Noah Jr. regulars against Stinger, Paris Dumbog, anybody against Stinger. Stingers are just such son of a bitches. And I say that in a positive way. That anybody facing them is always interesting, fun match to watch as this was, but not into these OTTG titles not being ever successfully defended. And finally, the main event was your last, and I'm glad for this, your last preview match of Jiuzaki versus Kojima as Go Jiuzaki team with Kaito Kiyomiya, Michael Elgin, and Masakitamiya against Satoshi Kojima, Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, and Daiki Inaba. Now, shockingly, I thought, and still think, Jiuzaki, Kiyomiya, Elgin, and Kitamiya are clearly the better team over Kojima, Tanaka, Mochizuki, and Inaba. And that, that's not because I think... Look, part of me wants Kojima to win this title because he'll be one of the few. I think only the third, maybe the fourth, but I think it's only the third person in history to ever hold the IWGB Championship, the Triple Crown Championship, and the GHC Championship. Just very, very rare. So a part of me wants to see Kojima win it. So nothing against Kojima. Nothing against Tanaku. I think he's one of the toughest son of a bitches in wrestling. Nothing against Mochizuki or Inaba. But the GHC heavyweight champion, the GHC tag team champions, and one of the greatest singles wrestlers in the world, Kaito Kiyomiya. And they lose this match. But they lose it when Shiozaki goes down to the Western Lariat, the Cozy Lariat of Satoshi Kojima. So in the last preview match, these multi-man matches that have been going on for weeks, it is Kojima who pins the current GHC Heavyweight Champion, standing tall over him as we get ready to go into their single match for the GHC Championship. A, a sign that we should, all, we should all be concerned that Goji Ozaki loses this title to Satoshi Kojima. 
my prediction there, I'm going to give that away here, I'm just going to say it because I'm not officially covering that show, is that Goji Ozaki retains. I think it's a great match. I think it's an incredible match, but I don't see Satoshi Kojima winning this title. I'd like him to, just so he could be one of the few to ever do it. Hold all three of those titles of All Japan, New Japan, and Noah. But I don't think it will. Uh, but I never would have guessed they would have. This team would have beaten the team of the the GHC champions, the GHC tag champions, and Kaito Kiyomiya. Blew my mind. Blew my mind that those guys lost this matchup. Good twenty four minute match, kind of long. Um, again, great matchups, great wrestlers that I respect the hell out of. But boy, am I tired of these main event mixed tag team matches. Just reminds me of New Japan. That's all New Japan ever does. Outside of their major shows, if you watch New Japan, you're going to get tons and tons of these multi-man matches. And that's what Noah's been reminding me of with these main event multi-man matches for weeks on end. I am glad that this is the last one. I am shocked that Kojima's team wins it and that Kojima actually pins Shiozaki. Not really shocked at that, but I think that's going to be... He's got a few wins over Shiozaki in these matches. I don't think he's going to get a win in the main event for the GHC Heavyweight title. This show is a 9 out of 10. Solid matchup. These these Triangle Gate Championships take something away from me. I, the, the goofy gimmick of them never being defended. Um, but still a very good matchup going into Cyber Fight. Which normally, if I were going to watch that, I would be previewing that next. I'm not watching it. We'll discuss it briefly on the next podcast. Especially the main event. And if anything of note happens, and especially which company sort of comes out on top based on winners and losers, um, and I'm hoping and praying to God it's Pro Wrestling Noah, but instead we're going to jump ahead to a couple Noah shows coming up after that in our preview section, coming up now. All right, guys, let's jump into the preview section of the show. We're going to talk about two big shows after Sunday Cyber Fight Show, where Noah teams up with DDT that yours truly isn't going to cover. I mean, I'm going to discuss it a little bit on the next podcast. We will discuss it. I'm not going to ignore it. But as I explained in the last segment, I'm not a fan of DDT. I'm not interested in watching anything they're completely involved in. Now, when their wrestlers come over to to a Noah show here or there, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a a show that is heavily promoted as, hey... This is not just a Noah show. This is a DDT show as well. No thanks. Just don't want to lend my name to DDT. I'm sorry. I'm sure that pisses some people off. But I don't care. I stay true to who I am. All right? You don't have to like it. But we're jumping ahead. We're going we're gonna to discuss the Cyber Fight show briefly on the next Mount Ararat podcast. We'll discuss the results. We'll absolutely discuss the main event for the GHC Championship. But other than that, we won't spend much time on it. We're all Noah here all the time, and I have no interest in DDT. I explained that in the last segment, not going into it again here. I might chop that part off the video and make it its own segment so people can see how I feel. But here we're talking about back in the Kobe. That's the Kobe Sambo Hall on June 19th. That's the next big Noah show coming up after Cyber Fight. It's going to kick off with an amazing catches catch can match that I'm going to absolutely love when Kazushi Sakuraba takes on Simon Gotch. Boy, is this Simon's Gotch big test. He has wrestled some great guys, some amazing wrestlers. I'm not saying Sakuraba is the best wrestler he's faced, but in regard to his style, his ways, his methods, this is going to be 
perfecto, if you will. I look for Simon Gotch to get the win. I, I think Sakuraba will put him through the ringer and give him a hell of a test and a hell of a time. I look for Simon Gotch to be emotional after this win. I just think it's going to be a great big deal for him. And I can't wait to see it. But Simon Gotch to beat Sakuraba in a great opening match on the 19th. The GHC National Championship. Is that really going to be the second match of this show? Masakatsu Funaki taking on Masato Tanaka. Uh, I just realized, I guess I'll blame it on being sick, guys, that I did not, that I missed this in the in the review show where Masato Tanaka challenged Funaki when his six-man team beat Masakatsu Funaki's six-man team when Tanaka pinned Funaki in the finals of that match, to end that matchup. Um, Funaki had one of his arm bars locked on Tanaka, and Tanaka quickly rolled him over on his shoulders and pinned him one, two, three. Rather, I mean, it was a smart move on Tanaka's end. Rather than try to break the hold or get out of the hold or get to the ropes, as just about anybody would do, Tanaka fought through the pain of the move and held Funaki down on his shoulders to get a three count. It surprised Funaki. It shocked him. Shocked the world, in my opinion. But now we've got a challenger for the GHC National Championship in Masato Tanaka. I don't think Tanaka's good enough to beat Funaki. Now, well, he just did that tag team match. Yes, he did. But what do you think the chance of him doing that twice in a row are? I think it's pretty slim. Um, I think Funaki wins this. I think Funaki might win this quickly. Uh, and that's because I, I don't, it's not because I I lack respect for Tanaka. I absolutely the former ECW World Champion is wonderful, terrific. I've compared him to an old piece of leather, and uh, in the past, and I don't mean that as insultingly. I mean some weathered piece of leather that has survived the elements for years. That's Tanaka. I mean he has survived and he has triumphed over guys that people didn't think he would. And and he's now pushing 50 years old, and, and he's just like this tough-ass big piece of leather that, that it would take an incredible power to destroy or or to even to rip or put a dent in. That's, that's Masato Tanaka, just unbelievably tough. But Funaki is such the wrestler. I mean, such the technically gifted wrestler, joint manipulator. I think he wins this match in probably less than 10 minutes. That's my prediction. Next, we got a tag team match. Muhammad Yone teaming with Alexander Otsuka. Not familiar with Otsuka. I have looked him up a little bit. Apparently, he's a big MMA guy or was. He's retired from MMA. He was very successful in MMA. Tough as hell. Probably in the Tanaka camp or something. Probably that tough. So that's interesting. I don't know where he's why he's come back or where, where this this came from. It seems out of the blue. Muhammad Yone just looking for a partner here. Ending up with this Alexander Otsuka. As they take on Shuhei Tanaguchi and Kenya Okada. This is hard for me to predict, because, but Kenya Okada being the young guy, I've got to say he's probably the odds-on favorite to lose this match, to get pinned or submitted. Um, Alexander Otsuka is a complete wild card to me. Like I said, I did check out his Wikipedia. I do see that he was a very badass MMA fighter and wrestler for to some degree, but I really don't know much of his wrestling um, information at all. Uh, but because Kenya Okada is the young guy, I'm going to predict he takes he suffers the loss here. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Shuhai Taniguchi be on the losing end more often than not until he eventually snaps and becomes the monstrous person that he can be. I think this is just building in that story.
Next up, we got a tag team matchup here. We got Stinger, Yoshiniri Ogawa, and Yuyu Susumu taking on Saiki Yoshioka and Kai Fujimura. Now, I'm sure we'll discuss this in the next segment, the Noah News of the Week segment, but Saiki Yoshioka has left Stinger. I talked about that in, one of the, in the last segment where there seemed to be some kind of tension, some something that just wasn't sitting right with Yoshioka and Stinger, and I said I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. I still don't. Hopefully the Noah News segment will answer that for us because I skim Hisami's news section before I read it here, but I don't delve deep into it. I, I want to read the news that I present to you and get my real reaction to it at that time. Okay, me reading ahead of time takes that away. So I skim it a little bit before I go over it with you all, but I don't read it and really take it in a whole lot. Um, so why has Yoshioka left Stinger? I don't know. I, I don't, it seems dumb to me. He and Susumu were a great tag team. But I don't know why he would leave Stinger. Where is that going to take him? His first match is teaming with a young guy, so he'll lose. Um, Kai Fujimura will go down to either Ogawa or Susumu. There is no doubt about that. Um, Yoshioka is in a violent you know, situation. Will he just attack Ogawa and Susumu? Here's what I suspect. Whenever Yoshioka and Susumu started to beat up Ogawa and Chris Ridgway because they wanted those junior titles, I suspect that was Yoshioka's idea. I suspect the Yoshioka said, look, we were said to Susumu, we're the former junior champions. We need those titles back. And if it means jumping these guys hardcore, then that's what we do. And while Susumu went along with it, I don't think his heart was ever fully in it. I think this proves that. I don't, I'm not saying it, it's absolutely guaranteed that's what happened here, but it's what I suspect highly. But Yoshioka is going to lose his first match against his former unit because he has a young guy that's going to get beaten. Where he goes from here, we'll see. And this is one, two, three, four, only five matches. So I suspect this isn't all the matches. We're so far ahead here, all the way up to 19th, and I'm recording this on the 11th, that not all the matches have been announced for the show, but we can only preview what we know. And we know the main event here is, is uh, this looks like a non-title matchup. The title match is coming, I think, on the next show. But it's Hayata versus Ohara. This is being billed as a singles match here, but I really got to wonder if this is going to be a preview match. It's going to be a tag match or something. Um, because I, I'm, I don't know, never, but I've seldom seen Noah give us a preview of a championship match as a singles matchup before. So these guys are going to face off in a singles match, non-title singles match before their title match. I'd be fine with it if that's the case, because this will be a great match either way. I'm just shocked if this remains this way. This whole card is, is subject to change, just like all wrestling cards. But being that there's only five matches, I know there's going to be at least six or seven. So they're not all ready yet. They're giving us what they give us. And if any of them change, I wouldn't be shocked. But uh, Hayata and Ohara would be a great matchup if this goes down this way. And if it's a tag match, it'll be great as well. Hard to predict a match I'm not sold on. But if this is a non-title match, I would give the nod to Ohara winning this. Ohara winning against Hayata in a singles match that's non-title to show that he's legit and that Hayata needs to take him more serious and be a great matchup. That's what I predict will happen if it stays the way we're looking at it here, but it may not. If they, if they change this card very much, what I'll do, guys, is I'll make another video, okay, and I will update my preview of this show. 
But right now, I would predict O'Hara would win a non-title matchup here on this show. And that's the five matches they've announced so far. I have to apologize that I am previewing shows that are well a ways out. Again, this is the 11th. We're talking about a show that is over a week away. Even if I put this show out tomorrow or Monday, it's still going to be six days away or so. So if they change this, especially significantly, I will do a single video previewing this show by itself and put it on the YouTube page with the changes, all right? But that is my predictions. I'm looking forward to this show. I, I think it's great. Uh, three amazing single matches, if they keep it this way. And getting to see Yoshioka against Stinger is interesting to me. I like Yoshioka. I think he's pretty much a badass. But I am annoyed with him leaving Stinger because it doesn't make sense to me. But that's my preview of the show coming up at Kobe on the 19th, along with my predictions. We'll be back up right in, here in a second with my preview of the next show, which uh, is coming at you right now. All right, we're at the second preview show. We're going to preview the second show. It's an end innovation show coming from Pro Wrestling Noah on Thursday, June 23rd. This is from Shinjuku Face, Tokyo. Not familiar with that venue. <laughs> Just not. Shinjuku face. But anyhow, it looks like a great show uh, returning to the N Innovation shows. The opening matchup, again, these could change, guys, since we're so far out. If these change and I catch wind of it, I'm going to be working a lot coming up here. I'm going to be working 60 hours a week, so bear with me. And cut me some slack. Uh, and I'm still a little sick. If um, you know, I'm taking some meds to help with this stuffed up nose and he's watery eyes but it's only doing so much but this show if it stays how it is kicks off with the tag team match extreme tiger teaming with alejandro which i think is a very interesting team pretty much as interesting as extreme tiger teaming with um yohei but different but still interesting as they take on shuji kondo and hairuki now shuji kondo is a serious badass man he does not like to lose. And, I'm, and I've noticed whenever the Congo Juniors have somewhat of a losing streak, even though they did win their last matchup, uh, thanks to Ohara, who is just stepping forward and kicking ass, they seem to bring in Kondo. Kondo to set them straight. Kondo to get them on track. Will he do it here? I believe so. If anybody needs put on track, it is Hairuki as well, who has just been in the doldrums, just not been himself since losing to Hal way back you know, a couple weeks back. Um, in that hair and name matchup. He lost his hair. He lost his name. And here they're taking on two high flyers. Um, Extreme Tiger can work a very solid ground game. He's proven that time and again. He's been on somewhat of a losing streak, though, in the singles match and in tag team matchup. So part of me could lean his way because he needs a win here. I really believe Extreme Tiger needs a win. But if a Tiger and Alejandro defeat Kondo in Hiroki here... Uh, I would be a little bit nervous uh, if I were Congo and Hiroki on how how Kondo, Kondo, Congo, how Shuji will react to that. So that's something to keep an eye on. For now, I'm going to stick with my prediction of Kondo and Hiroki because I really think Kondo makes the difference when they bring him in. But if they were to lose this match, I think Kondo might actually act out physically. We'll have to wait and see. 
Single matchup is next. Look, I love these matchups. Anytime Ogawa gets in the ring with a young guy like Kai Fujimura, of course Ogawa's going to win. Of course he is. But these are teaching matches. These are matches where Ogawa is there to take these kids to school, show them what it's about, engage where he thinks they are. And that makes them interesting as hell. He will really lead this match to greatness. Uh, I'm not going to say it's all that they melt or fight there, uh, but I'm saying this match is going to be something you're going to want to see. It's going to it's gonna, gonna steal the show on some level. It won't be the best match of the show, but it will be surprisingly to most people, except a few of us who get this, an amazing match. And I can't wait to see it. Ogua gets the win, of course, but he will make Fujimura look better than he ever has, and, and it'll be great watching that. Next match is a sad match. We got Seiki Yoshioka teaming against his former tag team partner, Yu Yu Susumu. Again, Yoshioka leaving Stinger. Where is he going to go? Is he going to go to another unit? Is he just going to be out there floating around by himself? Never a smart thing to do in pro wrestling. No, in my opinion. And But this will be a battle. This will be a fight. This will be engaging. And this is ridiculously hard to predict because I think both of these guys are pretty even keel, even level. I, I think Susumu and Yoshioka are an amazing junior tag team. I would love to see them back in the battle for those tag titles. But it's not going to happen because Yoshioka has just left Stinger for some odd reason that we'll see if the Noah News coming up next can explain. But right now, I'm going to predict Yoshioka. I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict he's left for a reason. He's going to be on some type of trajectory towards. That's going to take him up, and that's not nothing against Asumu, who is great, but only because I want to believe there's a reason Yoshioka has left this great unit. I'm going to predict him to win, just so we can see where that goes. And here we got the. OTTG championships, the Open the Triangle Gate championships, the gimmick belts where no one can defend them so you know who's going to win this. The former champions, Nosawa, Eita, and Kotoro Suzuki challenge the current champions, Daisuke Harada, Atsushi Kotogi, and Yohei for those titles. Um, Paris Demarol de Hapon is going to win this because that's how it works. You know, these titles cannot be successfully defended. And when they ever are successfully defended, you know it's not going to happen in Noah. Dragon Gate's not going to allow something like that to happen in Noah. The first time they've ever been successfully defended is in another company? Nah, that ain't going to happen. So you're going to see Paris de Mall came through Noah for a while with those titles, lost them to uh, Stinger, who lost them to the Noah Juniors, who is going to lose them back to Paris de Mall before they have to go back to DDT and defend them there. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. But you know the winners. Here we got a matchup that was challenged on one of the shows we reviewed. And again, me being sick, guys, I, I did a piss poor job this week and I apologize. Because I already missed Tanaka challenging for the national title. And now I missed on that show, talking about on the show where it happened, Tadasuke challenging how for this matchup. A loser leaves Noah match. Oh, I feel like I, I just feel like a bum for missing these things on these shows. I went over the results, gave you my thoughts, missed some of the storytelling elements of the show, simply because I'm trying to get through this show as best I can while feeling kind of shitty. Um, again, I popped some medicine that has been helping, Tylenol, cold and flu, severe cold and flu, 
It's helping me. I, you can probably hear my voice, how my nasal cavity is still messed up. Uh, and I'm blaming it. I'm blaming my my poor performance this week on that. And I apologize. But again, I don't have sponsors for this show. And it's not a complaint. Um, I'm not getting paid for this show. So I'm not going to go back and redo it. You're just going to have to live with me not being up to par in regard to my typical coverage. Because I'm trying, I could easily have skipped this week and just been like, look, read Isami's results. <laughs> but I didn't want to do that. I, did, I didn't really want to do that. But here, we got a loser leaves Noah because Tadasuke challenged Hal. They're, they're sick of Hal's bullshit. They're sick of Hal having defeated Hiroki, taking his hair, taking his name, going out there and, and, and winning and, and being a star outside of Congo where Tadasuke, the leader of the Noah Juniors, has stepped up and been like, enough of this shit. Me and you, how loser leaves this company. This is ridiculously hard to predict because, my God, who the loser leaves Noah legitimately? Now, somebody on Noah said, I can't credit them because I don't remember who said it to me. Somebody said, expect, you know, somebody to parrot them all or somebody to interfere here or, you know, Congo, somebody get... The match to get thrown out where there isn't a winner. Can't Congo's not going to interfere because then the win, winner would be how. Of course, the no junior regulars aren't going to interfere. They don't really do that shit. But look for somebody to come out. I mean, could be, uh, I don't know. I was going to say Shuji Kondo, but he's a member of Congo. But what if a member of Congo attacks a member of Congo? That just popped in my head. Could Hal be tossed out on his ass because a member of Congo attacks their fellow teammate? I don't know. It's a little bit silly. A little bit. So I don't know if no would go that way, but it's a possibility. I'm going to predict some kind of hijinks here, some kind of nonsense that keeps both guys in pro wrestling. No, I don't, I don't see a loser here. I don't see either of these guys leaving. So I think it's just going to be a wash. But it'll be a good fight until it gets to that point. I just hope they don't muck it up too bad or too silly. And finally, how many matches is that? One, two, three, four, five, six matches here. There was five on the last one. Again, if any of these change, guys... I'll do another video for it. But right now, the main event of this show is for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship. It has Hayata defending his title against Hajime Ohara. Now, I predicted Ohara to win on the 19th if that stays the same. I can't believe they're going to have these two face off in a singles match non-title. And then a few days later, they're going to face off for the title. It's possible other companies do that. I just don't see Noah doing that very often. I, not recently at all. But I predicted O'Hara to win the non-title match if that stays the way it is. If it becomes a tag team match, I'd still say O'Hara teams wins it. Um, here, Hayata probably does defend successfully. And I say probably because I'm a Congo guy and I want O'Hara to win because I think, and even though I love the direction they've gone with Hayata as of late, a darker, tougher, broodier son of a bitch. Hayata is just like, screw you, I'm beating the hell out of you and leaving you lay. Love that shit. But O'Hara's risen back up to be the superior junior heavyweight that he's been throughout the years. And I would like to see him overcome and win this. And I would like to see Congo collect all the titles and know it, to tell you the truth, because I'm just that big of a fan. But I kind of predict, I kind of suspect strongly that Hayata has an iron grasp on this title until he is defeated by, and I hate to say this, Jimmy O'Hara, because I respect the hell out of you and like you, a bigger name. Uh, O'Hara has risen, he has grabbed the brass ring, if you will, and got back up here, but I don't think he's quite on the level where he need to be to win this title. Not yet. Not yet. 
So that's my predictions for this show. It's going to be a good one. Again, this is an end innovation show on June 23rd. Before this, we talked about the 19th show. Both of these look like great shows. They look like awesome shows. I can't wait to see them. Again, I apologize for my poor performance this week. I'm being held down with some health issues. Um, nothing mega serious, but whenever you're trying to talk into a microphone and look into a camera and your eyes burn and your nose has that tingly feeling in it where you want to sneeze all the time and your voice is held back due to congested nasal cavities, it's a tough thing to do. So please cut me some slack if you will. By next week, I'll return to normal shortly by then. Um, but next up is the NOAA News of the Week. And we'll be back with that here in just a couple seconds. All right, guys, welcome to the NOAA News, our last segment of this week's podcast, episode 17. For those of you who might skip around or just watch different segments, let me just lay it on the line again one last time. I apologize. I feel like my performance has been weak uh, this week. That's because I am doing it with some type of cold and allergy situation. You can hear it in my voice. My eyes are swollen and red. My voice is that of a voice with someone with nasal congestion. <laughs> just not good. I messed up a few times. I've missed some things I should have covered a few times. Again, I apologize. Please bear with me. We are on the final segment. Now, this again is from Noah's Archive. I saw me site. That is puroprogramtranslations.blogspot.com. Always linked in the description of these videos. I appreciate the news she does for us and how she interprets everything. She does much more work than I cover on this podcast. Go to the site, check it out. Interpretations of interviews, show recaps, show previews, amazing stuff. But this week, we're talking, we're almost at the end of this week. I suspect she won't put another one of these out until after the cyber fight, which is tomorrow. So... And I'm working a lot next week, so I'm going to give you some news where we are almost at the end of the cycle of, because this is the NOAA Weekly Newsletter for the week of June 5th, and I'm doing this on the 11th, so the week is almost over. But here we go. Yoshiki Inamura versus Kazusada Higuchi. Again, I'm going to butcher these DDT names. I don't know these guys. I apologize. At Sold Out Club Sita. Yoshiki Inamura and Kasuda Higuchi had their own pre-match before the Cyberfight tag team match. Higuchi has tended to distance himself from his partners, refusing to work together with them and concentrating on winning the match. The clash between the two former Sumu at Club Sita on the 30th of May was everything fans hoped it would be, even going so far as to hope the ring and or the building fell down. <laughs> It didn't go quite that far, and ended in a timeout draw after the two fought sumu style. I'm sure I don't need to talk about the crash impact after the initial charge. Backstage, Inamura used sumu phrases to describe the bout, and termed that the end of this and the start of the match on the 12th of June was the period when the two sumu wrestlers were given water between matches. So, Inamura and Higuchi were both trained in the sumu style of wrestling. That's a very similar style of match they put on when they faced when they faced each other one on one just a few weeks ago. And for that style of match, it was great. For those of you wanting high flying crazy action, of course you're not going to like that match. But they're going to face off in a tag team match coming this Sunday. Junta Miyawaki leaves for Mexico. Junta Miyawaki wrestled his farewell match at Club Sita on May 30th against his senior and friend, Kaito Kiyomiya, in a match the fans were saying was Miyawaki's best. It was. Uh, 
Kiyomiya won, however, by pinning him with a Tiger suplex hold. Afterwards, Kiyomiya said on the mic that he should always come at that level, and he would be waiting for him to return in a big way to Noah. And he knows that Kiyomiya knows that Milwaukee will rise to that level. This was pretty emotional good stuff here. We talked about it just a few shows ago. Prior to this, Milwaukee had also done a live Twitter space, which wasn't so civil. Everything had been going fine. Milwaukee was answering questions and revealing that he had been taught some Spanish by Extreme Tiger and El Hijo Day Dr. Wagner Jr. Then, in the last few minutes, some of the Noah Jr. regulars arrived. Chatterbox Yohei, Sensible Hal, and Asushi Katogi, who must have stopped off at a bar en route while walking his dog as he sounded drunk. Noah could not get Katogi and Yohei off the air, and so, with Miyawaki answering their questions politely, including Katogi warning him about weird powder and telling him not to show his wallet to anyone who wants to see it, the stream overran by 20 minutes, which held up Yoshioki and Amura's talk, which was coming next, and so Noah forcibly terminated the stream. So I guess the Twitter space that these guys hosted got a little crazy. Some of the other junior regulars came in and interrupted it. Some of them even acting drunk, which cut into Inamura's stream, and it ended early. Keno versus Daisuke Seisaki match. Again, butchered his name, maybe. I apologize. The moment Congo entered the ring at Club Sita, they were attacked by Damnation. Keno, who was furious at the very sight of Daisuke, MJ Paul, and Kanan felt he had to yell at the top, felt he had to yell at the from yell at them from the top of the stairs. He was made even more angry during the match when he was attacked with chairs. Sasaki not only won the match, which for Kenna was humiliating enough. Uh, me too. Sasaki made Hiroki tap to the Mystica cross face lock, but worse was to come. While Kenna was fighting with Cannon after the match, he said he felt a shock go down his back. Sasaki had zapped him with a stun gun cattle prod. This wasn't going to be the last time Kenna was to experience this, however. At the Cyberfight press conference on the 2nd of June, Kenno declared that since Sasaki relied on using weapons, probably because he was scared of the power of a true wrestler like Kenno, who wrestles full-time and not just for school features, the match at Cyberfight Festival would be a no-DQ hardcore match. That did not excite me. Sasaki had also not turned up to the press conference, but Kenno wasn't the imposing figure that he imagined Sasaki was scared of when Sasaki crashed his live broadcast of the Kenno channel and attacked him with the stun gun. And you can see a clip of that there. Kenno has his own YouTube channel. I guess he was doing a video, and this idiot, this DDT buffoon, comes storming in with his cattle prod and attack Kenno. Whoopee. Sasaki later played mind games with Kenno by threatening to turn up at Noah's event in Nagata. He said that Yamato had called a taxi, but in the event of things he didn't, Kenno is now calling DDT a promotion that does stage wrestling and has vowed to destroy both them and Senshiro Takagi. Go Kenno, that's all I can say. This DDT, this is the kind of nonsense I don't like about DDT, this cattle prod and uh, constant behind-the-scenes attacks and just stuff that I'm not into, okay? I'm reporting it to you, but I'm not into it. Uh, Shinjiro Otani aid. To assist Shinjiro Otani with his medical costs, Zero One held a benefit show on June 4th, which Noah wrestlers took part in. The junior match ended in chaos with a melee brawl between Daisuke Hirata, Kenya Okada, Junya 
Matsuhanga and Takumi Baba. Yoshiki Inamura and Kaito Kiyomiya defeated Shoki Kitamura and Su- I can't say this, Sato, with Kitamura saying he wants to get stronger and come back to Noah. Kongo also participated with Keno yelling loudly at Koji Kenimoto after a team of old men, including Keno's nightmare, Kendo Cash, and defeated Kongo. Wonderful. Takashi Segura lost his 0-1 world heavyweight title to Masato Tanaka. Now that's big. Tanaka is going for the national title here coming up in a few weeks. This was not the ideal title match that either had wanted to ever be in such a situation. But in the circumstances, fans knew there would be only one outcome, and it was for the best. Backstage, Segura said that it wasn't just Otani's injury that he felt guilty for, but also the stress it was putting on Otani's family. Anything that could be done to help Otani, he would do. After the event, Noah wrestlers assisted in collecting donations. See, this is a big deal. Um, Otani got severely injured against Segura in a match for that 0-1 championship. Uh, paralyzed, from what I understand, from the waist down, maybe from the neck down. He's pretty bad. He's pretty rough shape. They're still working on it. I don't think anything's officially decided that I've heard or that I've seen interpreted um, in English to be able to, to tell you about. Uh, but this is a big benefit show, raising money for his care. Uh, Segura lost the title to Tanaka. I think Segura just simply didn't want to carry that title anymore because he feels guilty, feels horrible that he was in the match where Otani was severely injured. Now Tanaka is the champion, but Segura is still dedicated to doing anything he can to raise money for his medical care and for his family. Triangle Gate challenges first and only pre-match. Now, we've already gone over this. I don't know if I'm going to read all this because, look, the Triangle Gate Trios Championship is a title that so far in Dragon Gate has never been defended successfully. And basically, we've already gone over in our uh, reviews and previews what's happening here. Um, Paros Damal lost the titles to Stinger. Stinger's first defense lost the titles to the Noah Jr. regulars, and now the Noah Jr. regulars are are set to face in a few weeks here. Paros Damal de Hopon again, which will likely lead to those titles just continuing the hot potato, hot potato, hot potato around. I don't find that very exciting. Love the wrestlers. Don't love this title. Don't love how they work the titles. Now, in a recent interview regarding the title challenge, Yoshiniri Ogawa says that they should win. He will nominate Daisuke Hirata, Atushi Kotogi, and Yohei as their challengers. So that's how that match came about. Um, Ogawa said if they won the titles, that's who he would nominate. They did win the titles. That's who he nominated, and they lost the titles to them. Heartbreak Mosh Live. Keno's theme music, Heartbreak Mosh, will be performed live by Peta from the Garlic Boys at Cyberfight Festival. Keno called him personally on the Keno Channel live feed. Fortunately, this was before Sasaki's intrusion. So, in that, on Keno's channel, he called the performers of this theme, a Heartbreak Mosh, and asked them to perform it live at Cyber Festival. Kind of cool, I guess. And they agreed to do it. That was before this idiot Sasaki from DDT stormed into the YouTube filming and attacked Keno. Naomichi Marafuji's absence. Naomichi Marafuji will be absent from Noah for the foreseeable future due to pain, inflammation, and difficulty with flexation in his knees. A hospital investigation revealed the cause to be osteo- osteoarthrosis, uh, 
He will have another hospital appointment on the 6th of June, and we'll know more from there. Being that this is the 11th, from what I understand, he will be getting um, surgery. It's a uh, I can't remember what the surgery is called. It's a um, microscopic kind of thing, like very delicate, small surgery on his knees, but important. So he'll be out for some time with um, knee injury and operation. He will not be at Cyberfight Festival, obviously. Enter Katsuhiku Nakajima. With Naramuchi Marafuji injured, his place has been taken at Cyberfight Festival by Katsuhiku Nakajima. Not that anyone asked Nakajima. Nakajima walked in at the Cyberfight Festival press conference smiling evilly and told Asushi Katogi that he would be taking Marafuji's place. He then told Katogi that he basically thought he was pathetic. <laughs> he had been reading what Katogi said about Jun Akiyama and would he quit living in the past. So Keno just quit living in the past and talking about Akiyama. Nakajima also teamed with Haguchi. Oh no, Nakajima termed Haguchi as a washed up sumu. Tetsuya Endo as a suckerfish, and Jun Nakayama as the great, I don't know what that is, general, I don't know, called him old, basically. When these remarks were repeated, Akiyama had no problem with being called this as he only repeated what Higuchi had been called. He then fired Kotogi up by getting into a slap war. After this, he produced a knife from his pocket, a DDT logo on a board from the bag he had been carrying, and stabbed it, ripping it in half and throwing it on the floor. Nakajima said that he was the knife to DDT, and he would do this over and over again until DDT never wanted to experience Noah again. Go, Nakajima. I know, I know it's a gimmick. I know it's part of the show, but I love Keno and Nakajima's attitude, just wanting to destroy DDT and knock it down and have them never wanting to work with Noah again. Again, I know it's still real to him, somebody's going to say, because you're a bunch of idiots, but I love this, and I wish to God it would be legit. Having dealt with Katogi, Nakajima turned his attention to Inamura, who he had faced in a tag match on the 5th of June, knocking Inamura around throughout the match. One fan wondered how Inamura had teeth. He pinned him after repeated strikes and then loomed over him after the match. See, I, I talked about the rise of Nakajima on the last couple segments. He's pinning these guys by putting his forearm on their chest and just leaning into the camera like, yeah, bitch, I'm back, and I love it. I really hope Nakajima's on his way back to the title, and I hope he's on his way back to the title soon because he should be the leader, the ace, the man of pro wrestling. No, sorry, I'm bumping my microphone around. Um, elsewhere in Noah, Square Enix have announced that they will be doing Yoshiki Inamura's new theme music to be debuted at Cyberfight tomorrow. Kenya Okada, in typical Noah-born manner, tried to pester his Cyberfight's opponents, um, not even um, Kojima and Takashita, into coming to the Noah Dojo for a joint practice. They didn't want to and didn't see why they should. Okada didn't take no for an answer, and when they just persistently refused his offer and walked off. Keno has been appointed the director of public relations for the Cyberfight Festival. Interesting. He says this proves that Sanshiro Takagi is incompetent. <laughs> Why would you appoint someone who hates DDT as the public relations person for Cyberfight Festival? He's got a point. Masakitamiya calls himself, himself Michael Elgin and Yoshiki Inamura the tough trio. So, um, Kitamiya and Inamura were known as the tough, and now Elgin's in there with them that are calling them, all three of them, the tough trio. I like it. Simple, but I like it. 
In response to Satoshi Kojima telling Goji Ozaki to look him up in Wikipedia if he wants to know more about him, Shiozaki remarked dryly that he didn't need to. <laughs> I don't need to look you up on Wikipedia. Um, some other things Asami has done on the website here. She has an event recap for Noah Sanctuary, uh, post-match interviews for Noah Sanctuary, and event recap from Sunny Voyage. She has more than that. Uh, just go to the site linked in the description of this video and see everything that's there. Especially since I've, I'm sick this week and doing kind of a pissy job, doing the best I can, but not doing as good as I should. Please go to Asami's new site and read it. I know reading it isn't as easy as just popping some headphones in and listening to the NOAA news or listening to results. And, I, and hopefully I've done a good enough job for you to be able to accomplish that. But I just haven't, I haven't been as focused as I normally am, guys, because I just, I want to get this done. I don't feel like I'm rushing, but I want to do this and get it out there before it's too ridiculously late. And I'm doing it when I'm just not up to par mentally because of this physical nonsense going on and i'm on cold medicine i'm doing this on cold medicine guys i mean you know how that makes you feel dopey and not with it and, and along with the problems i already have that's just again bear with me okay the current champions and noah we know the ghc heavyweight champion is goji ozaki and his next challenger is coming up on um, cyber fight festival satoshi kojima on june 12th we know the ghc junior champion junior heavyweight champion is hayata uh, his next challenger is Hajimi Ohara, Hajami Ohara, and that's coming up, I believe it's the 23rd. We previewed it. I just got to remember the dates in my head. The GHC heavyweight tag team champions are Masa Kitamiya and Michael Elgin. No current challengers. The GHC junior tag team champions are Stinger, that being Chris Ridgway and Yoshinira Ogawa. No current challengers. The GHC national champion is Masakatsu Funaki. And we know his challenger coming up very soon is Masata Tanaka, the former ECW world champion, uh, will challenge Funaki after pinning him in a tag team match recently. This week in NOAA, um, uh, talks about some matches that we've already, we've already reviewed these, so they aren't upcoming. When this was written, it was, but they aren't anymore, so we'll just skip that. Um, Cyber Fight Festival is Sunday, June 12th. Um, can watch that at Wrestle Universe. Keiji Muto will be making a special announcement on this show. We'll talk about that next week. Um, Monday, June 13th, in memory of our Misawa. This will not have a Wrestle Universe or a Bima broadcast, although we, we see parts of it on YouTube. Please note this is a fan event and will not have any matches. So uh, there's a fan event, a gathering in memory of Misawa. Okay, let me see if I can open this up here. In memory of missile, I'll take a look at it there. Okay, it is Monday, June 13th. Uh, Shinjuku Lumine. I don't know, I'm not reading all that. I can't read the upper floor of Shinjuku Expressway bus terminal. Uh, the two nearest stations are the JR. There's here's people that'll be appearing Marafuji will be there, Kotaro Suzuki, Satoru Asako, Ipiota, Aipiota. No idea. Uh, some other names that are going to be there. And just go to the site here if you want to read more about it. I'm not going to read all that. But they're going to have exhibitions and pictures and things like that. So check that out if you will. Jumping back to the news page. Um, got links here. Uh, Takashi Segura's backstage comments on Otani. Uh, book Corner. 
um, Mitsuharo Misawa's diary link here. But that's your Noah news for the week, guys. And that is Mount Ararat podcast episode 17, as weak and pathetic as it's been because of your host, yours truly, being down, being out, and doing all of this on cold medicine. <laughs> uh, hopefully I've done a good enough job. I promise you I'll be much better next week. And I thank you for having some mercy on me and understanding for episode 17 of Mount Ararat Podcast, the resting place of all things pro wrestling, Noah, where I stand on the top of the mountain and shout out all things pro wrestling. Noah, I'm Adam Lavelle. Have a good week. I'll see you again real soon. Please subscribe, by the way. Please, please, please subscribe. Thank you. Oh, yeah. が光で染まった。わお、始まりを告げる鐘の音が君も聞こえるかい。涙で洗い流した視界は良好。悲しみも滝が絵僕ら約束の場所へ。目の前の果てない海は自由で。
Oh, oh. 